Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. Honey, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austed's Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. And this is the first tee. This is Jeff Kolpak coming to you from the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. The golf show always presented by Michelob Ultra. This is a, I can't believe it. We're into summer already. Just felt we, uh, like we started the show, and that was Masters, and time flies when you're having fun with this show. And speaking of having a fun, I want to start off, and I'm really looking forward to hearing about the technology end of it in today's show. And I would say the topic in the next 15 minutes is, is speed, the need for speed. And, of course, in the golf swing, the uh, speed can be so crucial. Just ask anybody making millions of dollars out on the golf tour. And to do that and came across uh, this fine group, and we're going to be joined by the vice president of Ripstick is, is the name of the company, R-Y-P-S-T-I-C, that's Ripstick.com, R-Y-P-S-T-I-C-K, I'm sorry, .com. Uh, it, it's about improving your swing, and I know we all love to improve our swing, and who wouldn't? And so without further ado, Scott McDonald is a head professional for the past nine years, including the last eight at Minnewaska Golf Club in Glenwood, Minnesota. He's a University of Minnesota graduate and is kind of take a few minutes uh, out of his day to tell us about the Ripstick, Scott. Uh, good morning. How are you? Good, good, Jeff. Uh, before we do get started, yes. I should say that it is my 15th anniversary, and I got married in Moorhead, and our reception was in Fargo. I married a Moorhead girl, so... A uh, lot of family up in the uh, Fargo-Moorhead area. So uh, great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, let's give a shout-out to your wife, Julie. She's a SPUD graduate. She is. She is. Uh, class of 01. All right. Go to Moorhead SPUD, the finest logo in the state of Minnesota, uh, as some would say. For sure. Right for sure. <laughs> Tell us about the Ripstick, Scott. And, and how it got going, it's a good story. It's, uh, it, I think it's very innovative. How did you get this thing going? Yeah, so, you know, uh, the, the premise of the Ripstick is all about overspeed and overload training. So swinging something faster uh, that's, that's lighter than you normally would swing your driver. Your driver's 310 grams. So what with the Ripstick, our lightest weight setting is 270 grams. So you're swinging something that's lighter, you're going to be able to swing that faster, training your muscles to move faster. And then on the other end, we get heavier. We can get as heavy as 420 grams. So when you're swinging that, your muscles are working harder because you're swinging something heavier. And all the research doing a combination of overspeed and overload training gets you the results to build up speed faster. So average person with uh, two, three months of training with the ripstick, it's going to pick up five to seven miles an hour of club head speed. So, you know, each, each mile an hour of club head speed is about one and a half, two yards. So mm -hmm. who wouldn't uh, take an extra 
10 to 15 yards. You know, before we go farther, Scott and his cohorts are kind enough to donate a ripstick to uh, any of our listeners, one of our listeners. And all you have to do is text 35270. Text the word RIP. That's R-Y-P. Text the word RIP, R-Y-P, to 35270. We'll give those numbers out later in the show for sure, too. But uh, thanks for that, Scott. And um, I always appreciate our – we have a great golfing community, as you know, in the upper Midwest. Um, you're talking about speed and the technology. Describe your company and how you how you form this company. I know the president, a gentleman named Luke Benoit, and he's a Ph.D., so um, you, you got some brains behind this. Yeah, so Luke, uh, Luke and I grew up together in Faribault, and uh, we've both been in the golf business for over 15 years. His, his background is on teaching. Uh, he's been a college coach. Yes, he's got his Ph.D. in uh, kinesiology, great background in motor learning, and both him and I use similar products to the Ripstick mm-hmm. uh, to pick up speed for probably three, five years. But the issue was was those products you had to carry multiple sticks. We've now, with the ripstick, built something that is all in one. Uh, it's all in one club. It, the weights are interchangeable. It's way more convenient, and actually, we've got more weight options in in one club than the the other companies do in, in multiple sticks. So, uh, yeah, Luke's been diving into this re- research for probably the last three years mm-hmm. and that's the, and and we've worked with an aerospace engineer to design the head of the ripstick and you know it, it takes a lot longer than you ever expect and uh, lo and behold we unveiled it in December and it, it's just been kind of off to the races ever since. I feel like this is something you obviously can use it all year round but we live in a climate where you can't play all year round and you just need a space big enough to swing a club do you see this and have you experienced the results really more in the off season than on season? Yeah. You know, it's when we released it in December, people think, especially in the Midwest, well, who's thinking about golf, right? We're, we're indoors. I mean, simulators are getting a lot bigger, which is helping, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's honestly, I think the a big part of the uh, draw to this is that you can do it indoors and you don't have to hit you're not hitting any a golf ball with this. You can do it in your garage. You got high enough ceilings. You can do it in your basement. Um, so yeah, we saw quite a few people uh, take to it right away, just because you can work on your golf swing in the winter and you don't have to have a fifty thousand dollars simulator in your basement. You're right. The Ten Commandments of Fast Track Ripstick Training, which is on your website, and again, that's ripstick.com, uh, right? Ripstickgolf.com. Number one, taking out your wife's favorite chandelier, probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can swing, well, in, in, yeah, inside or out. Did, did you learn that by, uh, was that is, was there um, an example? You learned that the hard way? No, uh, we haven't. Uh, we usually suggest, we've got, uh, you know, four different lengths, 45 standard men's length driver, and that's our standard ripstick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go all the way down to 38 inches, and especially in the winter, we made sure to let people know, hey, if you're swinging this indoors, make sure you got clearance. Uh, if you need the 38-inch one um, to be able to swing it indoors, 
let's let's do that. The last thing we want is somebody putting a hole in their ceiling or or yeah, uh, on my anniversary breaking the chandelier. That would not be a good right. thing. Right. How did you get going on as far as coordinating the workouts? Because uh, we're all golfers and we're not fitness experts. Was there? Uh, how did you coordinate with the whole program there? Yeah, a lot of it is a lot of our research and workouts are taken. Luke and I are both uh, Titleist Performance Institute uh, certified TPI. Uh, it, it, uh, it's a program that uh, started probably 20 years ago where it's, it goes, it's all about the fitness mm-hmm. coinciding with golf. How, how does your body work in your golf swing? So a lot of those workouts were kind of already put into place. Okay. And it also went along with what Luke saw fit best with, with using the ripstick. A lot of them are, you know, working on getting your weight to your, uh, your, your back leg and then driving your weight through. There's, there's one of my favorite ones is called the step drill where you start with your feet together. You go back with your back foot, then back with your front foot and then step through. And it's, it's all about getting the right movement with your lower body. Right. So a lot of those are just based on uh, research and, and findings by TPI and, and other people, Dr. Kwan and, and Sasha McKenzie, and then obviously our doctor, Luke Benoit. Yep. So you're a head pro, and obviously every spring you see players going out there the, for the first time, and I'm guessing you see them the next day, maybe a day or two later, and they're so sore they can barely lift their arms. I know I've been in there. So I guess the uh, uh, the solution to that is maybe work at it a little more all year round. And I think this would be perfect for that because you can uh, your golf muscles would be toned. I think getting ready for the golf season when when they not. Yes, yes, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah. If you go through the entire winter just. Uh, just sitting on the couch and watching golf or watching sports and then go out the first round of golf, you're going to be sore for the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, 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 the thing that's, that's great about our company is it's, it's, it's not just, we're, we're not a speed trainer. We're just not selling a speed trainer. We're, we're trying to each, each person that buys a ripstick gets a free swing analysis from Luke. Who's, who's been a golf digest top, instructor under 40 for the last 10 years and then we've also give give you a fitness assessment by one of our two certified personal trainers brian everett or sarah iverson and that is that's just as crucial as getting the ripstick because we want you swinging the ripstick right we want to make sure you got the right fundamentals and then we want to make sure if there's any uh weak areas in your body that we can give you some workouts to work on if it's strengthening your glutes or or getting some flexibility in your hips we want you to be able to that that's just as important as to pick up speed as swinging the ripstick how big is the company uh we've got uh we're pretty small since we started in december so there's luke myself we got our, our two personal trainers and uh we brought on uh, ben Hauge, who just graduated from mankato uh and we got a couple of interns too, so uh, we're we're about uh, six or seven uh, employees. Scott McDonald is the vice president of Ripstick Golf. Again, text the word RIP R Y P to three five two seven zero to win a ripstick. It's 
it's um, it, it sounds intriguing, man. I, I just pouring through your website. I, I think it's really cool. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Scott and golf, and I want to see how it relates to some tour players and some higher handicaps. Stay with us. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show as presented by Michelob Ultra. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show as presented by Michelob Ultra. This is Jeff Kopak coming to you from the KRK Power and Marine Sports Studios. Scott McDonald is a vice president of Ripstick Golf. It's a training tool, and it's meant to work on speed mainly. We've been talking about that for the first part of the show. Scott, is it the... The higher handicapper, the, the zero handicapper, who benefits from this? I suppose everybody in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I would say everybody can benefit from using the ripstick. I think, you know, the ones that are going to see the biggest gains using the ripstick are probably higher handicappers that maybe, number one, we fix the fundamentals of their golf swing. If they've got some power leaks, they do some things in their golf swing that, that, uh, you know, slow them down. Essentially, they're not reaching their potential on the power side. And then we get them working on sequencing and picking up some speed, swinging the ripstick fast. You're going to see, I mean, those are the ones you're going to see over 10 miles an hour of club head speed. But then even the really good players, there's, I mean, and you look at it at the top level, if you can pick up three to five miles or club head speed, distance is everything, uh, you know, at the tour. Uh, you look at Amy or Tom Hoagie that's mm-hmm. out there. I think they'd, uh, they'd, they'd take three to five miles an hour at club head speed. Every little bit helps. Phil Mickelson won the PGA recently, and here's a guy who's almost 51, and he all drove Bryson DeChambeau, I think, on a hole or two. I mean, he was cranking it out there. A guy like that with speed, he must have increased his speed somehow with relative to age, would he not? Yes, um, and he's one of the, the guys in his kind of age demographic that has been very big proponent of speed training. Uh, he's, he's used similar products to ours, um, and he's, he's very vocal about using that, and, and I think going to the gym – and, uh, I, I mean, yeah, he's, when he's hitting it past, uh, Kepka on hole yeah. 16, yeah. par five and Kepka's, you know, 28, 29 years old, it's, it's pretty impressive to see that. So that just goes to show you that it's not, it's, I mean, it's not a, it certainly is a young man's game, but mm-hmm. at 50 years old, if you can still put it out there, you can still compete. Again, to win a ripstick, text the word RIP, R-Y-P, to 35270, and we will draw your name. And one lucky winner in a radio station that is the fifth biggest daytime signal in the country. So we get out a long ways. You're, you advertise 10 to 15 minutes a week, three times a week. We're not talking hours here. No, no. it's it's it, it, Yeah, and that's the thing. It's super convenient. I, I mean, you do a three- to five-minute warm up we want to make sure you're not just grabbing the ripstick and swinging it as fast as possible right away do a three to five minute warm up and then your your workout is 10 to 12 minutes 
and yeah, you're you're done in in 15 minutes. And so, and we recommend it's only three days a week. Uh, the the research shows that any more than that, you know, you need your body needs time to recover. Mm. So you just don't want to overdo it. So yeah, it, all it is is three times a week. Yeah, 10 to 15 minutes a day, and and I, I look at what the gains could be. I mean, if if you stick to this plan, you are going to pick up speed. So you can overtrain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody asked me the other day, well, you know, what what would happen if um, if I went out and and did it, you know, five six days a week? And I said I said to him because I grew up a runner. I, I mean, that was my background. I ran cross country and track, and I likened it to this. Well, if you went out and ran. 400s as fast as possible every single day and didn't give yourself time to recover, what do you think would happen? You'd Mm -hmm. probably get hurt. And at a certain point you'd, you'd plateau and you'd never be going faster. So it's, uh, and ultimately once you plateau, it's going to, it's going to go backwards. There's nowhere to go. So um, we want to make sure that you're recovering and that every time you pick up the rift rift stick, you're, you're hundred percent ready to go and swing it hopefully faster the next day you use it. Scott, take us through the manufacturing. How do you go from a, you know, point A to point B to getting in the uh, hands of consumers? Yeah, so it's, uh, like I said, the head of the ripstick was, it's unique. Uh, uh, the only way I can best describe it is like a chamber of a gun. Yeah. And it's, there's three chambers in there, and each chamber holds one of our weights. And each weight is 30 grams. And then those are locked in with a dial that locks those into the chamber. So that's the head. And then the head is on just a regular graphite shaft. Um, uh, and then we've got a, a cord grip on the end of it. It's like a, essentially like a tour wrap. And then the other thing that's unique with ours is on the, the butt end of the grip, there is a counterweight that screws in and out of the grip. Mm-hmm. So that's where you can add, um, there's additional weight there that uh, not many of the other speed products on the market have. So all, all of this, uh, you know, we, we built the design and now we have, it, we have it made overseas. And then, you know, the biggest thing is getting it over to the U.S. And then... We were for a while shipping them out of uh, Luke's house in uh, downtown Minneapolis, which um, shipping out of a basement is never <laughs> ideal, yeah. uh, but that's the growing pains yeah. uh, of a new business. And we've since graduated and uh, currently all of our shipments, unless they go um, to other countries, are being fulfilled by Amazon. It's Amazon essentially ships out our products. Okay. That's how people can, how, how can people get it in their hands? Yeah. So they uh, go to our website, ripstick.com. And that's the easiest way to, to get it. I mean, it's certainly on Amazon, mm-hmm. but we recommend you go into our website because all of our information's on there, all of our workouts and training. And that's the best way to also set up your free swing analysis and fitness assessment. Right, that's rypstick.com, rypstick.com. Again, to win a, a ripstick, text 35270, the word RIP, R-Y-P, to that number. I feel like you need Tom Cruise from Top Gun when he goes, I need I have the need for speed to advertise your product. <laughs> Any hope to get Tom Cruise on, on board? 
Uh, I, I I think that would be awesome if we had Maverick yeah. on <laughs> and, you know, Kenny Loggins playing in the background. I, I would love that. I think that uh, maybe we might have to do that because isn't the remake make of uh, Top Gun coming out soon? You're right. You're right. It is. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've got, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. We've got 50 plus, uh, tour players already have got the ripstick in oh, their really? hands. Hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, we've had multiple people, the tour players just even go through our website and, and purchase it or ask about it. So, and I mean, we don't, we don't advertise a ton yet. We're so small. We just kind of, it's grassroots, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's Twitter, it's, it's YouTube. But other than that, that's that's the the way we're getting the word out there. Can you name any PJ players, or is it too early in the process? Um, yeah, I can I can name a couple. Uh, you know, Peter Costas, who used to be a broadcaster on CBS, is a big fan. Yep, he's uh, he's used it with some of his players. Um, Let's see, Peter Jacobson. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys, you know, you'll see a trend. Peter Jacobson has it. Um, he he's used it, and and someone younger that actually went on our site and bought it was Ian Poulter. So, oh, wow! Yeah, um, yep. yeah, yeah. So it's uh, and and Ian was actually using it on the range at uh, the PGA Championship, which was cool to see. The Ryder Cup's uh, all a few years away, but who knows? Maybe uh, by then, everybody on the range will be using the ripstick. You know, get ready. You, you got to start let's somewhere, hope, right? Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. It's. It's. I mean, it's a great uh, speed trainer, but it's also just because it can be so heavy. It's a great warm-up tool as well. All right, Scott. Appreciate the time. Um, thanks for sharing your technology. Uh, great stuff, and uh, uh, look forward to see the growth of your company. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having us on. And yeah, ripstick.com, R-Y-P-S-T-I-C-K. Awesome. That's Scott McDonald. He's the vice president of Rip Golf, Ripstick Golf. This is Jeff Kopak. When we take a break, again, the, the number 35270 to win the rip. Text the word R-Y-P to 35270. This is a golf show that was presented by Michelob Baltra. We'll be back right after this. Drop them in the sand trap, spray them left and right and long. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 of the Fan and 107.3 FM. 740thefan.com is the website. Again, thanks for Scott McDonald from Ripstick for joining us in the first half of the show. Again, to win the Ripstick, text the word RYP to 35270. 35270, and you'll be entered in the drawing to win one of those babies. Well, from uh, Ripstick to rip your heart out, I guess. Russ Newman was a two-time champion in the Pine of Palm, won the North Dakota State Amateur in 1995 and 99, was a state match play, stroke play, and three-time champion in the state seniors tournament, inducted into the North Dakota Golf Association Hall of Fame in 2000. He had the privilege of playing some great courses, Pebble Beach, St. Andrews, you name it. Uh, Russ, uh, Russ lived golf to the fullest. He left us last weekend, too soon, at the age of 65. Still doesn't seem real. And I think, I don't know if it ever does, because I think Russ had this energy and this passion you thought would just go on forever and would never quit. I think Chris Meyer, uh, a friend of mine, had a great tweet. It said, buckle up, heaven. 
Russ is coming, and he'll bring a lot of laughs and great times. And that's what we're going to talk about today with um, Mike Podolak and Mark Johnson, two gentlemen who knew him well, two great names in golf. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good kind morning, of, Jeff. Kind of tough, isn't it? It's very hard. It's it doesn't it, it, the word surreal, I guess, is appropriate. Um, I, I sure like that comment that Chris gave you. Buckle yeah. up, heaven. Russ is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I might use that today. That's about right. Yeah, I, still hard to believe. I, I got emotional just listening to you read his uh, his yeah. bio there. Yeah, it's just a fraction of what what he's done in his life. So, well, let's talk about some good times. And Pody, let's start with you. And I, uh, the Pine to Palm to me is just uh, uh, one of the great tournaments. Because of made longevity and its match play and its DL and its leg, it sort of ends the season. You beat him. You prevented him from winning a three-peat. Uh, what comes to mind with the pine? Well, the pine to palm is uh, uh, just the, the the best thing for golf around here. It's been that way for a long, long time. And it, you're, right, you're right about that. It's it's the way to button up the season. And uh, it's, a, it's a long week of golf. I remember uh, the heat. I remember go, driving back and forth and getting up at four thirty-five o'clock. I'd stop at I'd stop at uh, Wildflower and warm up and hit some balls and get there for my seven thirty match. You know, so mm-hmm. Saturday Sunday was a long day. Um, it was a long week, uh, but wonderful times. Uh, a lot of great competition. A lot of great players bounced through there. Um, and uh, Russ, of course, was one of them, and he was there for a long time. You know about. 10 years ago, I don't know, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. I forget, they had their 50th, and they had some kind of a celebration up in the, uh, uh, would have been the old clubhouse now, and yeah. y- you had to have played in 20 Pine to Palms to be invited to the party, Wow! and I think I played in 19. <laughs> you didn't get the invite? <laughs> I, did, I didn't get the invite, but... Come on, can I, you I cr- fudge one? I, I crashed the party anyway. <laughs> Russ, I think Russ played in, uh, I don't know. Now that he's gone, I, I, I bet he's played in over 30 yeah. over the years, maybe 35. Um, but it was a great golf tournament. Uh, great friendships were made there. Uh, uh, a lot of tears were shed. A lot of happy high fives were made. And uh, mm-hmm. just a, a, a wonderful golf tournament. I was fortunate enough to win it twice. Um, unfortunate to be runner-up three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it taught me a lot, and it kept kept my flames going for sure. When, he, when you beat... Russ, in the middle of his two titles, do you remember anything about that match? You know, I really don't. Yeah, I know it was tight. Yeah, uh, I think it got to the, at least the seventeenth hole. Um, and you know, for the folks that are listening, you get you got to win six matches to win that golf tournament. Mm-hmm. So he wins six, he loses one, and then wins six more. So he won seventeen out of eighteen. And to put it in that text, it's wow. pretty remarkable. And there's only I think two other guys that did that. Uh, 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 through the history of that tournament. So he was really close, but I got in his way. Mark, what made Russ such a great golfer? Well, he loved to compete. Yeah. You know, and I think you, you, that record, you know, match play, is, it's it's not easy to win a match play event. Uh, um, you know, certainly a stroke play event, you, you, if there's 144 players in that field, you, you need to sure. beat them over the long haul mm-hmm. four rounds. But match play, any, anything can happen. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to explain unless you play match play uh you know you're really never out of a hole and you never really secured a match until it's until it's over so to, to hear that record put that in perspective over the course of three years really to lose one match that's that's phenomenal so russ was a competitor he loved a game you yeah. know it didn't matter how much i mean certainly he loved to 
probably get the juices flowing and play for plenty. But, you know, you could have a quarter game with him and it, it didn't make a difference. Uh, so, and, you know, his short game, um, you know, he, sh- he shared with me, you know, Kenny Pins. I, I never, I've never met it. Did you meet him, Mike? I met or, Kenny Pins. Yeah. He was quite a guy. He, he must have been. He had this and, little dog that he rode on on the cart with him. And, uh, you know, Kenny, Kenny won all three. He, he won the Pine de Palm, the Birchmont, and the Resort is all in one year, uh, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, but Kenny taught Russ a lot. I know he did. Russ, Russ loved him. That short game. I mean, did, Russ was an unbelievable bunker player. If he got in a bunker, he was. He was. <laughs> he he he'd bet you closest to. He'd even if you weren't in the if you were in the bunker with him, it'd be an auto. You know what do you want to play for here? Uh, closest to the hole, get this up and down, right, Mike? Jared, there was times I'm sure he aimed for a bunker instead of. <laughs> well, it's, the good it's players, the long yeah. rough. That's good right. Players don't freak out. What what makes a good bunker player? Why why is he so good at that? Why was he so good at that? Well, you know, he had Russ was a strong guy. Um, he didn't have a lot of length off the tee, but he was very accurate, and he had incredibly soft, strong hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to watch his hands work uh, with, he used to call it uh, uh, loosey goosey. Keep those hands soft. And the key to the key to a good bunker player is, of course, how you position the ball and your technique. But you got to have you got to have the ability to soften up your hands and swing hard and make that ball pop up in the air. And he was really, really good at it. Yeah, that's a good explanation. Lucy, 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 Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, countless times at the club, he would he would take young people down that bunker yeah. and show them a shot. Yeah. And it was how you set up, how you use the tool. And, you know, he still he played that ping I2 sandwich to this day. <laughs> You know, uh, and that that was made in the eighties. Yeah, it might be it might be an illegal club right now too. I don't know. <laughs> well, square well, square grooves and all, you know. Yeah, no, but he yeah. was really good with it. Yeah, absolutely, sure. just fantastic. So that technique and and he was willing to share that with young people. And then some of the putting things that he was doing, you know, upright, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bullseye putter, uh, very unique. He would he would we'd have to do some custom things in the club repair room to make sure that putter was right from time to time. I'm not sure how it got out of. Yeah. Out of whack, but uh, it he he was confident. You know, another reason why he, he was a good player. He loved to compete. Mm-hmm. His short game was fantastic, and he was he was a, he was a confident player. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, I I think it says a lot about a person when he'll take a kid aside and do something when nobody's looking. I I, I saw the movie Greater earlier, and and it's about the Arkansas player who who said you do your best when nobody's looking, and that really is a true character of a person. And so you shared with me a story on the Shanley scholarship in, in name of your dad that, you know, Russ did something when nobody's looking. That was really, really cool. Yeah. Just quickly, Russ and I were having lunch a few weeks back and, and uh, he asked if I had time to play a few holes that night and he had just gotten back from Arizona. And, mm-hmm. and I said, no, Russ, we're, we're going to present a scholarship in my dad's memory at Shanley. Yeah. And he said, Oh, what's that? Tell me about it. And we visited a little bit about it. And he and my dad were, we're good friends, and and uh, Russ pulled out a check, and I thought he was paying for the rental. He, he kept some vehicles in sure. in a in a in a storage facility. My dad had, my mom now has, and uh, he hands slides the check over, and he said, "Here's a check. I'll cover that scholarship the next five years. Wow. Um, don't worry about it." Because we were short, we were trying yeah. to endow this scholarship, thousand yep. yep. dollars yeah. a year, and it was it was stuff like that that you know he. 
I know he would be upset if I'm yeah, telling that yeah, story. That but, is not why he did it at all. <laughs> but uh, that's the kind of giving heart he had. Don't they say that the definition of integrity is when you do something when nobody's looking, do the right thing when yep. no one's looking? Right. That's yeah. right. So that was Russ for sure. And did a lot of, he, I, like Mark said, he, I, I know that um, he did a lot of stuff that uh, people weren't aware of. And it, it, that didn't matter to him because uh, that's the way he lived his life. I thought the uh, the enthusiasm. He's a guy, you know. He always looked you right in the eye, and that's a a lesson that I think is so important. He looks you in the eye and full attention, and uh, he knew names like like that. And he had a lot of nicknames too. Yeah, <laughs> I was telling my wife the other day uh, um, after he had passed. I says, you know what? I've known Russ for, I didn't know him well in high school at all. And then I met him when I would would come back from college and I was playing more tournament golf. Um, And I met Russ and we became great friends right away. But I was telling my wife, I says, I don't ever remember Russ calling me Mike. It was always Pode or Pody or Podolak. We used to make fun of a couple guys down from Arkansas. And and when Russ would answer his phone, when I'd call him, he'd say, how you doing, Podolak? (laughs) (laughs) That's about right. (laughs) It's funny. He was a character. Uh, We're going to take a break. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. It's presented by Michelob Ultra at KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Mike Podolak and Mark Johnson, a tribute to Russ Newman. We'll be back right after this. I saw you slam your club in anger and took the grass off its edge. I saw you look at me and wonder if I noticed. We're back. This is the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. A tribute to Russ Newman on a Saturday morning. Mike Podolak and Mark Johnson in studio. Thanks, gentlemen, again for um, coming in. And, and it's, it's uh, when I think of Russ, I, I think of uh, stories, I guess. And I'm sure you guys got stories. Mark, there's a lot Mike. of stories. Yeah, um, and we're 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 happy to be here. This is a this is a privilege and an honor to to talk about our friend. You know, when Russ and I traveled a lot. I I was trying to do some math on that. We we played tournament golf. We were on an airplane two, three, four times a summer going to a national event. We played a lot in the Pacific Coast Amateur. We played mm-hmm. a lot in the uh, Transmiss tournaments. We went to Mid Ams, U.S. Amateurs together. Um, I don't know, three, four hundred thousand miles, maybe. I don't know. Wow. Um, what's interesting to me is what I remember a lot is that when we were in big cities, whether it be San Francisco, Oakland, L.A., Kansas City, Minneapolis, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Boston. That's eight. That's seven or eight right there. We would always find time to go to a baseball game. He loved baseball, mm-hmm. and some of those stadiums we were in more than once. Uh, we both qualified for the U.S. Amateur in 1989, went down to Minneapolis, and uh, we both played terrific. Russ was a medalist, and I was I was second, and they had two spots, and we were we were leaving that day. And I can tell you the Minneapolis guys didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Two Fargo <laughs> guys coming out and taking their I spots. Yeah, that's great. So yeah. there was a guy that kind of, he was getting into his car, too. We were packing our gear in, in the trunk, and uh, he walked over, and he, he didn't come over to say congratulations, although a lot of the, a lot of the friends down there did. Um, he said, don't you guys have a spot up in Fargo, a qualifying <laughs> spot up in Fargo? And uh, Russ was quick to respond, and I want to tell this correct. Yeah. He said, yeah, we do have one spot. But, you know, I, I talked to Pody a couple months ago, and he said, uh, you know, the, the U.S. Amateurs in, in, uh, at uh, Marion Golf Club in Philadelphia – I think Minneapolis has two spots. 
Let's go down there and take them. We can both go. <laughs> and he told this guy, he says, you know what, Pody and I decided we both want to go. So we decided to come down here and take these two, these two spots. And he said, oh, by the way, the one spot up in Fargo, we told a good friend, you go ahead and take that spot. We're going to Minneapolis to take those two. <laughs> Confident. This guy turned around and he looked like, he looked like a, a 12-year-old had just lost his bike. <laughs> and I know what he was thinking. He was, the guy was thinking, how can two guys from North Dakota, country golfers from North Dakota, come down here and take our spots? <laughs> I love it. He didn't like yeah. it. I love it. That's yeah. fantastic. I've, I got a, a, a story traveling with Russ. Um, we were over in Ireland. No baseball in Ireland. Right. But... Uh, he was. He, we had a group of twenty-two guys, and I was in charge of making sure Russ had the best caddy available at each course we played at. <laughs> and we're playing the top tracks in Ireland, and uh, so I'm working, and it's important to him. And that was something unique about Russ, and and his son Kyle spoke mm-hmm. of that at the prayer service about uh, caddying for Russ. I mean, it's it's an experience, and Russ took pride in in almost mentoring no matter who it was the caddying for him mentoring um mm-hmm. it might be a little life lesson obviously some golf lessons there but uh, if he wasn't a golfer there was a life lesson or two to learn but so i'm having pretty good luck throughout our trip and we get to uh i think it was la hinch and i go to the i had touch base early about i'm looking for the best caddy you know mm-hmm. a few a few days prior but i show up at the golf course and i check with the caddy master I've got, uh, I need X number of caddies, and Mr. Newman's group, uh, Mr. Newman's looking for your best caddy. And he says, well, laddie, that's, that's not going to happen. He's off today. I said, no, no, I'm, I need your, your best caddy. Well, no, he's, he's not working today. So I went and told Russ. I said, Russ, their best caddy's not working today. He said, uh, you know, baloney. Let's, let's, <laughs> okay. let's get the best caddy. What's it going to take yeah. to get their best caddy to work today? Yeah. So I go back and talk to the caddy master. I said, whatever it takes, Mr. Newman would like the best caddy that you have here today. Well, let me give him a call. He's watching his kids. His He had three young kids and his wife had a full-time job and his nanny or whoever it was supposed to help couldn't help. So... The agreed-upon amount, I'm not going to tell you how much it was, but it was a lot. Uh, the agreed-upon amount was set. This gentleman found his in-laws to come and watch the kids. <laughs> and this guy thanked me. And it wasn't for the money. Yeah. He thanked me for the experience. On my phone, and this is a radio show, so I can't show the video, right. there is a video of these two embracing and hugging at the end of that round. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, it's unbelievable the impact that Russ had on people. And I don't know what those two shared during that round of golf, but uh, this guy had his kids watched by his in-laws uh, and and got to caddy for Russ Newman. And and I every person that got to caddy for Russ Newman over in Ireland, he made an impact on it. It was, it was really fun to watch. You know, if that caddy kept the diary, that's probably a chapter in his yeah, diary right, right there for sure. Yeah. yeah. Great story. That is. That's it just spot on. Yeah. 11 holes in one, Russ had. 11. Wow. I've only got four. And, uh, I, I, well, he played more golf than me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 11 holes in ones. That's that's pretty remarkable. Um, that, that's quite a few. Mark, you've seen him around the club a lot. Um, when he was working with these kids, what did he do? I, I, you mentioned a little bit earlier, but... Yeah, it was you know it was nothing real structured or planned. It was oftentimes impromptu, and it and it and it fed from if he saw a young person working on their game, mm-hmm. you know he liked that. 
he liked that a kid had some dedication. And it might not be the first time he saw that kid out there, but if he if he saw you know little Joey down in that 19th hole in that bunker, or if he was hitting chips or pitches, and he saw him, you know what he he'd wander down there. And uh, 15 minutes later, he'd come back up, and that kid really did have a lesson of a lifetime um, if he if he was paying attention. And um, you know that that happened countless times. And my son was a beneficiary of that. You know, hanging around the club, showing some interest. And if and again, if you were if you were on the if you were hanging around the club, Russ was gonna uh, spend some time with you. And my son told a story, and I don't know if if many of the golfers at the prayer service got it, but you know. Russ taught my son how to top the golf ball. Top it. <laughs> yeah, not hit it flush. He goes, anybody can sit on the range and hit it flush. He said, where you'll get in your opponent's head is if you're hitting balls next to him and you hold top three or four out of ten shots. Right, Pody? I mean, oh, that's, that's, you, can't, you can't make it up. That, that is so good. I, I, that's, that's one of a kind. I mean, that's, that's how creative he was. He was just – he was so much fun. To be around, and but he was so passionate about golf and loved kids so much. So it, it that's that is vintage Russ right there. No well, one other quick story about the club. You know, he he never hit range balls before a match Saturday morning when really? he was going to play. He wouldn't hit range balls on the range, but I supplied him with plenty of range balls. Old range balls, yep. second year range balls for his backyard. So he would warm up in his backyard and hit him in the river. And it was another <laughs> little mental advantage. He'd come rolling up to that tee last second. These guys are thinking, oh, he's new yeah. and hasn't even hit any balls. Right. Yeah. And he would st- hit more balls, just striped right down that first fairway. <laughs> well, he'd been hitting balls in his backyard for a half hour. <laughs> That was yours and his little secret, right? Exactly. (laughs) First time I've told anybody that. Uh, It's perfect. So if there's uh, a thousand golf balls in the bottom of the river in a particular area, I guess we know where they came from. Exactly. Um, He was a graduate of high school in the early 70s. I always wonder maybe if it was a couple decades later, because he peaked out, Mike, in the the 90s and, and late 80s. So it wasn't like he was 22 or 23. Would he have been a pro guy a couple decades later with the game of golf? A couple decades earlier or a couple decades later? Oh, either way, yeah. Either way, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. You know, Russ, Russ was a good businessman, uh, loved his dad. He was, he's, he was very good at what he did there as well. So and that was I, a priority. I, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think uh, and I call it big-time amateur golf because that's what we played for a long time. We went hard for 20 or 25 years, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do that for forever but yeah. russ also had that passion to work on his game and and you know we're all not getting any younger and uh, his hands were starting to fail him and he had those work done but uh no i i don't i don't i don't think so i think big time amateur golf would be how that I was would, his thing that was his thing that's yep. right that's right and it really was mine too i i was a golf professional for a couple of years and i wasn't very good at it um i i got better when I started playing amateur golf and uh, and got better with instruction and everything else, and the more competition I played, I realized that, uh, and this is true for Russ too, and he would tell you this, um, he played his best golf when it meant the most. And and I think I was kind of wired that way too. Um, the competition just made you focus and, and it brings out the best in you, and that was Russ. Yeah. Did you see that, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. It's spot on. 
Yep, yeah. and that's why you love to play with a little something on the line. Yeah. And sure. Have something. There just needed to be something there, and it just added to his focus. Most of the time, it was a lot of my budget. So when we when we were partners <laughs> and we were playing somebody, he would take uh, at least half of my action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you talk about how you know he was he was uh, a competitor and a grinder, but at times it you know I have another quick Ireland story. Um, how laid back he was at times as well. Our first day we were there, we dropped our the bus driver unloads our clubs, and we'd shown up the next morning for our first go at it, and we're going to leave at 6.30 a.m. sharp, and we all come out of the hotel with our golf clubs, and um, one fellow comes out without his clubs, and the bus driver doesn't have his clubs. He said, well, I left them out here for all you guys to take up to your room. And uh, that particular person just went nuts thinking his golf clubs were stolen. Russ comes down 30 seconds later, toothpick in the mouth from the Irish breakfast. <laughs> and uh, the guy goes, your clubs, lad. And Russ says, well, I don't have my clubs. I thought you had my clubs. And the guy said, no, sir, I left them out here on the on the sidewalk. Well, instead of going crazy, Russ goes, he just turns, well, they got to be around here somewhere. And sure enough, <laughs> the uh, bellhop had them and everything was fine. <laughs> everything you know, Russ, was cool. Yeah, yeah, Russ didn't get too worked up about something like that. No, no. And Russ loved to travel. Uh, I I had the privilege of going to Scotland with him twice, never to Ireland. And mm-hmm. we also went to Portugal on a trip. Nice. Eight of us. Yeah. And uh, Russ was on all three trips and, and we just had a blast. It's It was so much to be around. It was so much fun to be around him. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you. We have to cut her off that time. We have time constraints, unfortunately, <laughs> okay, in, in this Jeff. show. But I have a feeling the memories of Russ will not end this weekend. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. Stay cool this weekend. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Till next week, hit him straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Have you seen anything like that? Presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austed's Golf. Join us next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on The Fan.